Hello, and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today we continue in our series called The Life You Were Meant to Live. In this series, Pastor Rick looks into the Bible to help you discover the life God planned for you, the life you were meant to live. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a life-changing tool that will show you how to re-energize your spiritual life in ways you may have never dreamed possible. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com right now while you listen to today's broadcast. Or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part three of a message called evicting envy from your heart. Now, comparing is the root of all envy. If you can get rid of comparing in your life, you can get rid of envy in your life. Every time you compare, you are being set up for envy. So he says, don't compare. Never compare yourself. The problem with these guys, uh, the Bible tells us in Matthew 20, verse 9 and 10, those hired last came up and were each given a dollar. And when those who were hired first saw that, they assumed they'd get far more. Circle the word saw that. That was the source. They were comparing. They saw that other people were getting the same amount that they were getting for a different amount of work. They shouldn't have been watching. Anytime you compare, you're setting yourself up for envy. And the Bible tells us, don't do this. Don't compare yourself. Now, here's the problem. Comparing is our favorite indoor sport. We do it all the time in every way. We compare everything. We compare how we look, our size, our shape, our color, how we talk, our intelligence. We compare our families, our kids, our husbands, our wives. We compare our jobs. We compare talent. We compare literally everything. We compare lawns. We compare dishes. We compare literally everything. You know, in, in baseball, there is a statistic for everything. So everybody can be number one in something. They compare every, it's like in the movie industry. This last year, the movie industry made somewhere around 8,000 movies in the world. And the movie industry gives itself about 5,000 awards. So everybody gets, you talk about a self-congratulatory industry. Everybody gets an award. This is the best at this, this is the best at that, this is the best at this. And it's constant comparing. Now, God warns about the foolishness of you comparing yourself to anybody else. Really, you can't do it because you are unique. It's like comparing submarines and tangerines. They sound alike, but they're different. And you're not like anybody else. So every time you compare yourself, God says, that's foolish. 2 Corinthians 10 says this, we do not dare to classify or compare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare them with themselves, they are not wise. And that word not wise in Greek means stupid. <laughs> you're dumb, 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 dumb. You're stupid, you're silly, you're foolish. Anytime you compare, why? Because every time you compare, you're gonna fall to, guilty to either pride or envy, pride or envy. You're always gonna find somebody who's doing a better job than you and you get full of envy. You're always gonna find somebody you're doing a better job than, you get full of pride. Either way, you're dead in the water. You're gonna always find somebody who's better looking than you, you get full of envy. Always find somebody you're better looking than, you get full of pride. You can always find somebody you're richer than, you get 
full of pride. You find somebody who's not as rich as you, you get, uh, or more richer than you, you get full of envy. Pride or envy are always the results of comparing. And God says, it's foolish, you shouldn't do it. You are unique, you are one of a kind, you are incomparable. So why are you doing that? I don't have her talents, I don't have his looks, I don't have her kids, I don't have his opportunity. How come he gets to be famous? How come he gets the corner office? How come she gets all of that? How come she got that husband? And on and on and on. And all you're doing is setting yourself up for misery. The Bible says this in Galatians 6, 4. Let everyone be sure to do his very best. For then he'll have the personal satisfaction of work done well and won't need to compare himself to somebody else. As I said, when you get to heaven, God is not gonna say, why weren't you more like Pastor Rick? Now I could understand him saying that, honestly, really. But, but he's not gonna say that. He's not gonna say, why weren't you more like so-and-so? Why weren't you more like you? You can't focus on your purpose while you're focusing on other people. He says, you just do the best you can. Now, listen to me very closely. God has not called me to be the best pastor in the universe. God hadn't even called me to be the best pastor in California. God has called me to be the best pastor I can possibly be given my background, my opportunities, and the talents he gave me. Does that make sense? God has not called you to be the best in the world at anything. It's nonsense. God hasn't called you to be the best in the world at anything. God has called you to be the best you can possibly be given the background, the experiences, the talent that he gave you and the talent he didn't give you. And when you get to heaven, you're not gonna be judged on talent you didn't have. You're not gonna be judged on opportunities you weren't given. You were gonna be judged on where you lived, when you lived, how you lived, and what you did with what you were given. Your job is not to be the best in the world at anything. Your job is to be the best you can possibly be given the circumstances and the sovereignty factors that God put in your life. Never, never, never compare yourself to others. And you know what that is? That is a counterculture message. Because everything in America says, compare everything you've got to everybody else. And, every, and the advertising all pushes you daily to make the comparison. Never compare myself to others. Number two, celebrate God's goodness to others. Now this is the positive, the backside of it. I sh there's something I should not do and there's something I should do. I should not compare myself to others, but I should celebrate God's goodness to others, God's generosity to others. When I see God blessing other people, I should be happy. Be happy when God blesses other people. Now the Bible tells us this, weep with those who weep, and rejoice with those who rejoice. You know what, the first part of that sentence is easy. The second part is tough. It's quite easy to weep with those who weep. When somebody's having a tough time, it's easy to be sympathetic. I mean, they may even be a competitor and their sales have gone in the toilet and nothing's happening and uh, they've lost their job and you can put your arm around and say, now Tom, now Joe, I know it's going through tough, we're going through a tough time right now. 
economically, but you're going to make it. It's easy to concur, encourage people when they're down. What we can't stand is when they get a promotion. We're not very good at handling the success of other people. Rather than rejoicing in it, we resent it. We regret it. We wish it didn't happen. In fact, we wish bad things would happen to people because somehow we think that if we can blow out somebody else's candle, ours will shine brighter. It won't. It won't. But it is this myth that if they have it, then I don't. There's plenty of God's grace to go around. And if God wants to pay other people the same amount, so what? I shouldn't even worry about what he wants to give other people. I should worry about what I'm doing with what I've been given. So I celebrate God's goodness to others. I said it's easy to sympathize when others are down, but we have a very hard time handling other people's success. It threatens us. And instead of rejoicing over generosity of the owner, of God, the workers resented it. Verse 10 and 11, the workers who had been hired first thought that they would be given more than the others. But when they were given the same, they began complaining. Do you do that? Are you complaining all the time? Lord, why does she have that? Why does she have good health and I don't have good health? Why did she get those gorgeous legs and I don't have those gorgeous legs? Why does he get that wife and I didn't get that wife? Well, I'm still single. Why, why, and, and we're always complaining. The owner of the vineyard, the owner said, are you envious because I'm generous to them? Now let me explain envy to you. Envy happens closest to you. It happens in your relationship to peers. You don't typically envy people who aren't your peers. Now you can have some kind of idol worship where you say, I wish I were like that superstar, something like that. But really, it's not as grating as the people closest to you. Those are the people you have the hardest time seeing success in. Those who are family and friends when they succeed and you don't. You see, athletes envy other athletes and they envy the athletes in their profession. Skateboarders don't envy football players and surfers don't envy tennis players. Surfers envy other surfers. Skateboarders envy other skateboarders because they go, why can't I be that? Why can't I do that trick? I wish I had the money to buy that board. I wish I could get that wetsuit. And you always envy the people like you most. So moms envy other moms. Salesmen envy other salesmen. And authors envy other authors. And musicians envy other musicians. And doctors envy other doctors. And preachers envy other preachers. And so this is insidious. And it comes in and ruins all these relationships in your life. It devalues others, it destroys relationships, and it makes you miserable. It's hidden, but it's destructive. But more than that, it causes you to miss out on so much joy. You've wanted to be married, but you're not married. Or you were married and it fell apart. And now you hate weddings. And when you get a wedding invitation, you start resenting. She's getting married? Do you know what she looks like and she's getting married? <laughs> oh, come on, give me a break. Okay, the guy must be blind, I mean, really. <laughs> and so you don't like weddings. 
because you think that her candle shining puts out yours. You're wrong. You've always wanted to have a baby and it didn't happen. And every time you get a birth announcement, there's that little twinge of resentment. And you're not rejoicing, you're regretting, you're resenting. That's envy and it's mean, it's mean. Because you can't enjoy other people. Somebody else gets a promotion and you resent it. Somebody else has a windfall and you resent it. Somebody else gets a new car and you resent it. Let me give you a little tip on, on being joyful. You'll enjoy life a whole lot more if you will learn to be happy over the successes of other people. If you're only happy in your successes, you're gonna be happy about that much in life because your successes are gonna come few and far between. So most of your life, you're gonna be miserable if you're only happy when things go good for you because they don't always go good for you or anybody else. But if you learn to be happy at other people's successes, if you learn to enjoy other people's celebrations, you can be happy all the time. I'm genuinely known as a pretty joyful person. Why? Because I enjoy your successes. I don't have to do them, I enjoy yours. If you get a new car, I'm not going, oh man, I'm driving a 12-year-old Ford out there, which I am, but that doesn't bother me. I'm happy for you. You got a new car, I'm happy for you. You move into a bigger house, great. I've lived in my house for the same 20, I don't know, or so years. I'm happy for you. I'm glad for you to have a new house. Some, you get a promotion or something happens, I, I'm happy for you. You know, that makes me, allows me to be happy all the time because something's good happening to somebody all the time. But if you're only happy when it happens to you, you're gonna be miserable most of your life. You need to celebrate God's goodness to others. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, four, love does not envy. In fact, envy is unloving. Envy, as I said, is mean-hearted. It's mean-spirited because you want the other people to fail because you don't have it. I want them to lose their job because I lost my job. I want their marriage to fall apart because mine fell apart. I want them to hurt because I hurt. That's mean. That's mean-spirited. It is as unloving. Envy is the most unloving thing you can do to somebody else. Love is not envious. Number three. I need to never compare myself to others. I need to celebrate God's goodness to others. The third thing I have to do is I have to be grateful for who I am and what I have. I need to be grateful for who I am and what I have. And I need to be grateful, not regretful. And instead of complaining like the workers did, they said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, I don't, they we're all complaining about it to others. We need to remember, Everything is a gift. It's all a gift from God. Everything you have in your life is a gift from God. The air you are breathing and the lungs by which you are breathing it are both gifts from God. You would have zero, nada, zip, if it weren't for God. It's all a gift. So you need to be grateful for what you do have and what you are. It's all a gift of God. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you've missed any part of this message, or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com, where you can listen online anytime. 
That's Pastor Rick with two R's in the middle dot com. And be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, if you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're going to feel run down and tired. You've got to do more than just take care of your body. You've got to energize your spirit. And the best way to do this is with God's Word. Here's Rick to tell you about a very special Bible study resource that will help you engage with God's Word and re-energize your life so you can live the life God meant for you to live. It doesn't matter how much you work out or how healthy you eat. If you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're going to feel run down and tired. You're going to run out of gas. Maybe you've been feeling that way lately. Often it's not what you eat, it's what's eating you. And the truth is, you've got to do more than just take care of your body. You've got to energize your spirit. Now, the best way to do that is to get into God's Word. It's the soul food. It's the spiritual food for your soul. And that's why I put together a new interactive guide called Re-Energize Your Life. This resource will help you learn everything you need to know to re-energize your life the way God intended. And so what it does is just step-by-step, you begin a journey of personal renewal, and it's a hands-on guide, very practical, to take you at your own pace. You don't have to rush this, okay? This is not a book or a journal that you go through fast. In fact, I encourage you to stop and spend time in each section where you need the most encouragement. You'll not only benefit from the biblical wisdom that's included, but you're going to learn how to apply it to your life in practical ways. Now, let me just mention a couple of things that you're going to discover in re-energizing your life. You're going to learn the steps to how to let Jesus lighten your load. Does that sound good? You need your load lightened? Well, we talk about it in re-energizing your life. You're going to learn the three biblical steps for managing stress the way Jesus did. You're going to learn five ways to build margin into your life. Very important principle. And even the principle of the Sabbath is a a margin principle. You're going to learn how to determine what matters most. A lot of the confusion and fatigue comes in your life is because we give major attention to minor things. Not everything in your life matters. Not everything has to get done. We can help you learn to clarify what the difference between what's urgent and what's important. There's a whole lot more that I don't have time to get into, but the pages of Re-Energize Your Life journal are packed with full-color devotionals and Bible verses and teaching that's going to dramatically impact your spiritual life, not just today, but forever. So don't miss out. I hope you'll get this resource that we want to provide to you through Daily Hope. We'll send you Re-Energize Your Life today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to people everywhere. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get this great resource. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.